0: This is the mop-up for September 16th, 2023. Thank you for joining me. I'm David Feldman. Donald Trump seems to have the Republican nomination all locked up, unless something crazy happens, like we have a criminal justice system in America and he has to go to prison. But it looks like he's going to get the nomination, at least this morning. There's a lot of talk about who he's going to pick as his running mate. And it's not premature. Now, former vice president Mike Pence has been very, very disloyal to Trump. So it's unlikely Trump will ask Mike Pence to come back for the sequel. Trump is looking for a vice president who supports the team, shares his same conservative values, but most importantly, doesn't take it personally when Trump decides it's time for you to be hanged by the mob. Last weekend, Trump was in South Dakota, where he picked up an endorsement from the Republican governor of that state, Kristi Noem. She shares Trump's values. She's a Christian who loves guns, and sent her own National Guard down to Texas to keep the migrants out, just like Jesus would want her to. And she's the mother of 600 kids, maybe, I don't know, five. I don't know. She's got a lot of kids who can count. And she has an adoring husband who loves her. Here he is cutting a campaign ad for his wife when she was running for reelect.
1: She loves people. She loves God. She loves
0: her family. And that drives every decision she makes. She epitomizes what a self Dakota is. Christie Nome for governor well wow, what a husband what a marriage so christy nome is on the short list to join team trump as his number 2 and word is that Christy Nome has been thoroughly vetted by Trump's old campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski. You remember Corey Lewandowski back in 2016. He was arrested by police in Jupiter, Florida for physically assaulting a reporter, a female reporter from Breitbart News. You remember Corey. He was Trump's very first campaign manager. And Trump is still relying on Corey, especially up in New Hampshire. That's where Corey Lewandowski is from. And Corey apparently loves Christy Noem. In fact, he loves her so much, according to the Daily Mail, he's been carrying on a years-long affair with the South Dakota governor. But that makes no sense because they're both married and both are all about the sanctity of marriage. So, I mean, they don't want gay people to marry, because they're all about the sanctity of marriage. I don't know what that has to do with the sanctity of marriage, but I know they think marriage is sacred. So I don't believe the Daily Mail. I don't believe that Corey Lewandowski, a married man, is sleeping with Christy Noem, a married woman. I just don't believe this. And it cannot possibly be the same Corey Lewandowski Who we've all come to love. Let me read you some headlines about Corey Lewandowski. And you tell me if this sounds like the same Corey Lewandowski who the Daily Mail says is carrying on an extramarital affair with the married governor of. South Dakota. Does this sound familiar? Corey Lewandowski, Donald Trump's campaign manager, is charged with battery. That's from the New York Times. Singer Joey Villa says she wants justice to be served in sexual assault allegation against Corey Lewandowski. That, that's not the same Corey Lewandowski, is it? Or this one from that was from ABC News, this one from Politico. Lewandowski cast out a Trump operation after allegation of unwanted sexual advances. This isn't the same Corey Lewandowski. This headline from Politico, Trump donor says Corey Lewandowski made unwanted sexual advan- advances. That That cannot be the same Corey Lewandowski. I refuse to believe that he's having an affair with the governor of South Dakota. This is Lauren Bobert's mugshot. She's a Colorado congresswoman. And this is uh, a mugshot from one of her four or five arrests that we know of. We also know that her husband, she's still married, her husband, Jason. Uh, He was arrested and spent a few nights in jail after exposing his genitalia to two underage girls inside a bowling alley. And uh, the congresswoman was there to see that. And this is a headline uh, from Business Insider, Lauren Boebert's son called 9-11 to report abuse last year. That's, uh, yeah, one of Congresswoman Lauren Boebert's sons called 9-11 to complain that Uh, His father was, quote, throwing him around the house. But then Congressman Boebert got on the phone with police, explained that she's a United States congresswoman. And that phone call kind of disappeared into the ether. Well, we reported earlier this week that Lauren Boebert was thrown out of a Denver, Colorado theater during a performance of the musical Beetlejuice. She was thrown out for being disruptive. She was accused of vaping during the performance singing along, making out with her date, vaping some more, videotaping the performance with her phone in direct violation of theater rules, and refusing to be quiet. Now, she admits to being thrown out. She says, however, she didn't vape. But here is surveillance video. There we go. She's re- this is intermission. And she's reaching in and she's vaping. Here we go. Watch her vape. There we go. She lied. She said she wasn't vaping. Who vapes in a crowded theater before uh, the end of intermission? And then during the show, the second half, the surveillance camera captures uh, more of this. Well, that's her vaping some more. Let's watch her vape a little more. Uh, That's right. That's uh, or she's breathing fire. I can't tell that's during intermission. And then the show starts up again. And watch the pregnant woman. This is behind her. This is a woman who's about seven months pregnant. She's sick and tired of getting the vape smoke blown into her face. So she leans forward and asks, do you mind, to? St- can you stop vaping? And Lauren Boebert just turns her head and says no. So uh, this is Lauren Boebert. Uh, there's a pregnant woman sitting behind her. Uh, she, the pregnant woman is asking the pro-life congresswoman to stop vaping. Reportedly, Lauren Boebert told the pregnant woman, uh, I don't care that you're pregnant. And the pregnant woman said, well, you know, I don't want my fetus to breathe in your smoke. And Boebert said, you're a sad and pathetic woman and went back to vaping. While the man the congresswoman was with try to calm things down during intermission, according to the pregnant woman, the man who was Lauren Boebert State during intermission offered to buy the pregnant woman a cocktail I'm sorry, pregnant woman, for the congresswoman's secondhand smoke. May I treat you to some fetal alcohol syndrome? Yes, Lauren Boebert, besides being a a devout Christian who opposes same-sex marriage, as well as the teaching of sex education in our public schools, As I mentioned earlier this week, she's become a grandmother at the age of 36 this year because her 17-year-old imbecile of a son impregnated his girlfriend the same way Lauren got impregnated in high school by Jason Boebert, who she's still married to. She's still married. The, The divorce, unlike Marjorie Taylor Greene's divorce, has still not gone through. But you wouldn't know it by looking at how the man she was with next to her, kept pawing away at her during the performance. Now, I'm sorry you have to see this, but we're going to go big on this. This is Lauren Boebert's date, and it's from surveillance video. And the the play is going on. It's Beetlejuice. And he obviously has OCD because he he's, he's, can't remember where he put his car keys. And he's just everyone's trying to enjoy the musical. He's fidgeting, patting himself down, patting Lauren Boebert down, trying to find his uh, car keys. Uh, I mean, why else would he be patting her down this way if he weren't looking for uh, his car keys? They're not married, by the way. And this is how they behave in public, like chimpanzees. Uh, Anyway, Russell Brand is a genius. I know that because he says the word Kierkegaard with a British accent. He's also a lefty because he has long hair and he curses a lot. So I know he's a lefty. But he's also anti-vax and thinks Ron DeSantis is doing a splendid job in Florida. Russell Brand is a gift to the universe, and by that I mean his acting career flamed out, and he figured out a way to make a fortune by catering to incels who are looking for someone to make them feel smart, even though they're idiots, just like Russell Brand is an idiot. Well, apparently Russell is about to get canceled. This is very sad. Russell took to social media on Friday to warn his fans that there are serious criminal allegations about to be made public about him. He called them serious, very serious. I wonder if they're as serious as a stand-up comedy. Apparently, Channel 4 in Great Britain is going to air a special report later today that will portray Russell Brand in a very unfavorable light. Russell took to social media and denies all of it. He wouldn't tell us what it is, but he denies all of it. And he has millions of fans and he told his millions of fans that Channel 4 in Great Britain is going to report criminal allegations against him late Saturday night. But he denies it. The program premieres in Great Britain, 9 p.m. Saturday night. I wonder what the allegations are. I mean, he said they're criminal, so I, I can't imagine what they could be. Oh, I know what it is. I know what the criminal allegation is. He charged two hundred and fifty dollars a seat to see him live last time he played New York City. That, yeah, that's what. That's what it. That's what it is. That's definitely what it is. Well, if you remember last year, Infowars host Alex Jones lost a billion dollar defamation lawsuit filed by the parents of the Sandy Hook school shooting victims. Jones famously accused the shooter. Uh, of being false flag, not really. they, They were all crisis actors, he said. It was a false flag operation to gin up support for gun control. And he gave out the names of the parents who, when not grieving the loss of their children, had to deal with death threats from fans of Alex Jones. He, like Rudy Giuliani in the defamation case down in Georgia, filed by the mother and daughter election workers, Like Rudy Giuliani in that case, Alex Jones defaulted during the discovery phase, and the judge found Alex Jones guilty of defamation. Then a jury said he had to turn over more than $1 billion to the families he victimized. Jones has since declared bankruptcy and is alleged to be hiding money from those families he owes money to. New reports this week reveal that Alex Jones while claiming to have no money, has spent millions this year on vacations, second homes, and luxury automobiles. And I just don't understand, because he said he gave the judge and the jury his word that he's bankrupt. So where did he find the money? And and you know, people say he's lying, but he's a trusted news anchor where millions of people like Joe Rogan and Donald Trump get all their information from. Why would he lie? He's not a liar. That makes no sense to me. Candace Owens is a black conservative who showed up to a Paris fashion show with Kanye West last year wearing an All Lives Matter T-shirts. T- uh, she likes to beat up on black people because there's a lot of money to be made if you're black and you lecture your own people. On Friday, Candace Owens's YouTube channel was suspended after she refused to tone down her hate speech geared towards the LGBTQ community. In the past year, Owens has called homosexuality a sin, a perversion, and said that the LGBTQ community is destroying Western civilization. Hmm, this is interesting. She's black, and she beats up on black people. She's a woman, and she beats up on women by opposing reproductive rights. And she beats up on the LGBTQ community. And I wonder if that means she's... You know, I don't want to slander the woman, but if you follow the pattern, it sounds like she's a Republican. Graham Elwood, the comedian and podcaster, as well as Jen Dees from Courage News report that Jimmy Dore took thousands of dollars from Peter Allard, a Canadian billionaire, in exchange for using the Jimmy Dore show as a platform to spread misinformation about COVID. Wow. Wow. Next, you're going to tell me that Jimmy Dore took money from the government of Syria to deny that Assad gassed his own people. I mean, what else are you going to dream up? Because I refuse to believe that Jimmy Dore, a man of principle, would ever take money from a Canadian billionaire in exchange for warning his listeners against getting the vaccine. That's irresponsible, and Jimmy would never do that. It can't be true the same way it can't possibly be true that Jimmy Dore ever took money from the Syrian government in exchange for his denying that Assad gassed his own people. I refuse to believe that. I know Graham Elwood. He's making these accusations. He's a funny and truthful man. I've never found him to be a liar. I just don't understand why he would say something like that about America's most trusted name in truth-telling, Jimmy Dore. It's inconceivable to me that Jimmy Dore would take money and then trash vaccines. I refuse to believe that. The same way I refuse to believe that Jimmy Dore would take money from the Syrian government and then insist in return that Assad never gassed his own people. I mean, yeah, it sounds like something Jimmy would do. So why would he do it? I refuse to believe that he did what he probably did. Ashton Kutcher has stepped down from a charity he helped establish that protects children from predators. That's because Kutcher has come under fire after it was reported that he had written a character reference to the judge in the Danny Masterson rape trial. In the letter, Ashton Kutcher urged the judge to give a lenient sentence to Danny Masterson. They co-starred on that 70s show together. If you remember, last week, Masterson was sentenced to 30 years in prison after being found guilty earlier this year for raping two women. In Kutcher's letter urging a lighter sentence, he called Masterson, quote, a dedicated and loyal husband, as well as an excellent role model and an outstanding older brother figure. Rapists usually are that way towards the people they don't rape, uh... Interesting thing about men who rape women, their guy friends often don't have a clue. Who would have guessed? Comedian Hassan Minhaj uh, admitted to The New Yorker magazine in an article published on Friday that his stand-up routine is riddled with lies, and according to staffers on his now-canceled talk show for Netflix, Hassan had no interest in researching any of the facts on stories he covered for that comedy news show. Minaj, in the interview with The New Yorker, insisted that while the stories he tells on stage are often fabrications... They were, in fact, emotionally true, he said. Emotionally true. Minaj admitted that he never had a Russia's daughter to the hospital after someone mailed anthrax to his home. He says he was lying when he said he was befriended by an FBI informant at his mosque. He also admitted to lying about an interview he did with the leader of Saudi Arabia. And apparently he also told lies about an ex-girlfriend that forced her to go into hiding. Because his fans doxed her. Well, Hassan Minaj is on the shortlist to become the next host of The Daily Show, and I think this article pretty much seals the deal for him. I think TV executives have a special affinity for people like Hassan Minaj who uh, have trouble with the truth. Remember Brian Williams? You know, Liars make other liars feel human. So I'm pretty sure this will get him the Daily Show because they're just lies. They're just lies. Everybody lies. I mean, I don't lie. But, you know, if you want to succeed, you got to lie. Joe Biden lies. I love the guy. I don't love him, but I'm voting for him. He lies. He just got caught telling another lie. Here he is in Maryland yesterday lying about his teaching career, a teaching career, it turns out, was completely non-existent.
2: Democracy is at stake, folks. Our democracy is under attack. And we got to fight for it. I taught at the University of Pennsylvania for four years, and I used to teach political theory. And folks, you always hear, every generation has to fight for democracy. And I found myself, it's automatic. We didn't have to believe it. But we do. We do.
0: He didn't teach at the University of Pennsylvania. He never taught. But as Hassan Minhaj says, it's an emotional truth. <laughs> Does anyone really care that Joe Biden uh, didn't get arrested trying to see Mandela in South Africa? It's emotionally fulfilling to hear him tell that story. Biden's lies about fighting segregation in the 1960s, they're emotionally true. He didn't fight for desegregation. Uh in the 60s. But it's a nice gesture to lie about that. It's it's emotionally fulfilling. He's saying, basically, I wish I did what Bernie Sanders did in the 60s, but I lacked the character. The lie is aspirational. Who cares if it's true? It's what's in the man's heart. That's all that matters. And I learned that from Buzz Aldrin, On Apollo 11, when the two of us became the first men to walk on the moon, the United Auto Workers announced they will return to the bargaining table with the big three automakers later today. The UAW announced a strike on Friday after their contract expired with no agreement on the table. The United Auto Workers has targeted all three car companies, but only picked three plants, trying to avoid a complete work stoppage that could end up draining their nearly three-quarters of a billion-dollar strike fund that pays workers $500 a week during a walkout. So far, only 13,000 workers are striking plants in Missouri, Ohio, and Michigan. The UAW's strike last time lasted 40 days And it was, I believe, in 2019, President uh, Biden has gotten an endorsement from every major union in America except the United Auto Workers. Sean Fain is the head of the UAW, and he's withholding his endorsement but has said four more years of Donald Trump would be catastrophic. Here is President Biden Friday morning supporting the UAW strikers.
2: Auto companies have uh, seen record profits, including in the last few years, because of the extraordinary skill and sacrifices of the UAW workers. But those record profits have not been shared fairly, in my view, with those workers.
0: Auto workers have not had a major raise in more than a decade. And that does not keep up with inflation, so they're asking for as much. They may not get it, but they're asking for a 40% raise that's spread out over a couple of years. They're also demanding an end to the two-tier system, where a majority of workers hired after 2007 are considered hourly employees, not entitled to health benefits or a pension. UAW leader Sean Fain was asked what he thought of the automakers now insisting that increased labor costs will bankrupt their companies.
3: I think it's a joke. You know what? They could double our pay right now. Labor, The cost of labor the co- that goes into a vehicle is five percent of the vehicle. They could double our wages and they could not raise the price of vehicles. They would still make billions of dollars. It's a lie like everything else that comes out of their mouth.
0: Here's the president of UAW Local, UAW Local 12. Here's the president of UAW Local 12 Bruce Baumhauer talking about the concessions the UAW made to help get the auto industry back up on its feet after the Great Recession of 2008, and how the auto companies have yet to return the favor.
2: One, one thing that drives us crazy is we went through bankruptcy with Barack Obama back in 2008 and 2000, in, in the beginning of 2009. And we were asked, we were told by the president we had to give up huge concessions for them to get the government support to turn their companies around. We did that. And we haven't been, it hasn't been reversed. Back in 2000, when we came out of bankruptcy, our starting pay at Jeep was $15.78. 14 years later, it's $15.78. There's something wrong with that.
0: Yeah. Something very wrong with that. Here is Congresswoman Summer Lee. She serves the uh, 12th Congressional District of Pennsylvania. It's her first term. In the House of Representatives, here she is Friday on the House floor.
4: In 2022, Ford CEO raked in $21 million, Chrysler's made $24 million, and GM's made $29 million. Right now, the maximum pay for big three UAW workers is $66,000. You can't even see the line because that's how little they're paid in comparison to their corporate bosses. It would take a UAW employee a maximum salary almost 440 years to make what the CEO of General Motors makes in one year, yet these CEOs lie that their workers, quote, Threaten our economy. Let me be clear. Any company that can afford forty percent raises for CEOs already raking in millions can afford afford forty percent raises for their workers, who are our clean energy economy depends on. These workers don't threaten our economy, but CEOs do. So, to the big three, pay those workers what you owe them. Don't act like you forgot. Solidarity forever. I yield back.
0: I, I, I'm sorry. What, what what was that you just said? Solidarity forever. Wow. Never hear that from a Democratic member of Congress unless it's Bernie, who Friday evening, Senator Bernie Sanders addressed the United Auto Workers at a rally in Detroit. Imagine had he been elected president. Try to imagine a president addressing a rally. A UAW rally. This is what the revolution would have looked like. Here is Senator Bernie Sanders, who should have been president, speaking at a UAW rally in Detroit Friday night.
3: Let's be clear that what the UAW is fighting for is not radical. In the first half of 2023, the big three automakers made $21 billion in profits in six months, up 80% from the same time period last year. In other words... They're doing pretty good. Meanwhile, while the CEOs and stockholders in the automobile industry made out like bandits, the workers who build the vehicles, you, are earning totally inadequate wages and over the last several decades have fallen further and further behind. All of you know that there was once a time When a union job in the automobile industry was the gold standard for the working class in America. Brothers and sisters, the CEOs of General Motors, Ford and Stellantis and their major stockholders on Wall Street have got to understand they cannot have it all. We refuse to live in an oligarchy. We refuse to accept a society in which so few have so much and so many have so little. Brothers and sisters, enough is enough. Let us stand together to end corporate greed let us stand together to rebuild the disappearing middle class. Let us create an economy that works for all, not just the one percent. And let us all, every American and every state in this country,
0: stand with the UAW. Thank you very much. He should have been president in 2020. He was leading In 2020, he was going to get the Democratic nomination, and then Clinton, Obama, Clyburn in South Carolina panicked and gave it to the guy I'm voting for, Joe Biden. Let's listen to Joe Biden. Let's compare and contrast. This is Joe Biden supporting the UAW.
2: Auto companies have uh, seen record profits, including the last few years, because of the extraordinary skill and sacrifices of the UAW workers. Those record profits have not been shared fairly, in my view, with those workers.
0: And Bernie's older than that. I'm voting for Joe Biden. Okay, but that gives you an indication of what the revolution would have looked like. You would have had a president, Bernie Sanders, who got up and out of the Oval Office and marched with the people. And it would have been a peaceful revolution of the workers, which is what we need. Well. When Obama first took office, the American government bailed out General Motors. It cost us, the taxpayers, $12 billion. But we owned, for a brief moment, we owned General Motors. But we didn't nationalize the company the way other countries would have. We we should have, but we didn't. Barack Obama said when he was president and He was bailing out GM. He says, I don't want to run an auto company. But that was disingenuous because you don't have to run the auto company if you nationalize it. Instead of running the company, you just become a majority stakeholder. The same way Warren Buffett doesn't run Chevron, St. Buffett is the largest shareholder in Chevron, but he doesn't run Chevron. He's just a majority stakeholder and has more of a say than anybody else on the direction of Chevron, which is killing indigenous tribes people in the Amazon. That's their business model. Warren Buffett, St. Warren Buffett. That's how you nationalize companies. We have to have a conversation in this country about how to nationalize industry, when we bail out a company like General Motors, we own it. Not all of it. We just become the majority shareholders. That's that hybrid system between capitalism and socialism. This is what happens in Germany. It used to happen in, in Great Britain. A company fails. You take tax dollars to save jobs, not corporate salaries to save jobs. And the government gets stock in return. We should be nationalizing these effing airlines and own the government should own half of these airlines every time we bail them out. We don't run them. We're just majority shareholders. Well, we bailed out GM, cost us $12 billion. They returned. We got a return on the investment. But we saved GM, not because of the executives. They had failed. They went belly up. We saved GM for the workers, for Detroit, for Michigan, for Ohio, okay? Meanwhile, Mary Barra is the CEO of General Motors. That's the company we bailed out because we wanted to save jobs not her effing salary. She was on CNN early Friday morning, and she was asked about her obscene salary.
4: The union is demanding, asking for a 40% wage increase over four years. They're asking for that in part because they say CEOs like yourself, uh, leading the big three, are making those kind of pay increases over the course of the last four years. You've seen a 34% pay increase in your salary. You make almost $30 million dollars. Why should your workers not get the same type of pay increases that you're getting, leading the company? Well, if you look at uh, compensation, my compensation, ninety-two percent of it is
1: based on performance of the company.
0: Oh, okay. So you're getting thirty million dollars based on the performance of the company. It's performance based. $30 million. We bailed your ass out. Do you think Barack Obama could have sold the GM bailout in 2008, 2009, if we knew Mary Barra would would come along in 2014 as CEO and pay herself $30 million? Do you think we'd be so keen about returning all the stock we owned when we bailed them out? She pays herself $30 million. That company wouldn't exist if it weren't for the workers and the taxpayers, this greedy pig. All right, so you're performance-based, $30 million. Well, here's something that nobody ever does. Let's talk about your effing performance, shall we? Mary Barra, CEO of GM, who makes $30 million based on her performance, you took over January 15th, 2014, okay? You've been there about nine years, when you took over, GM stock sold for thirty dollars a share on January fifteenth, twenty fourteen. When Mary Barra took over, uh, the stock was selling at thirty dollars a share. She gets a million dollars for each dollar a share. Apparently, it was 30 mil- She gets thirty million dollars a year. It's performance based. So I'm going to assume GM stock must be, what, $60, $100 a share? I mean, I know the stock market in the past nine years has at least doubled. So I would assume if we're paying Mary Barra $30 million based on her performance The stock has to have gone from at least $30 a share to $60, $70 a share just to keep up with the market. Eh, It's $33.95 a share. It's gone up $3 since she, uh, it's not keeping up with inflation. Okay? So it's performance based, she says. Why does she get away with this? Because nobody understands finance. Stocks or corporations. These people are incompetent and they get to where they are because they have sharp elbows. They're greedy and, like Hassan Minaj and Joe Biden and Donald Trump, liars. You want to make it? Lie. But here's the truth about GM stock, okay? This is the truth. Friday, GM stock closed. At thirty three dollars and ninety five cents and in the past five years, it's down three point eight eight percent, three point eight eight percent. I know that the stock market is up. I know that like hasn't the stock market nearly doubled in the past five years and they're paying Mary Barra thirty million dollars, she claims a year because it's performance based tell me what the what is, does the performance have to be a, a flop? Is that they pay you to 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 bomb thirty three dollars and ninety five cents. And if you look at the, the chart, it peaked out. I mean, she did get it up to about sixty dollars a share in twenty twenty one when the government was just giving everybody money. Right. The the Paycheck Protection Program and all that kind of stuff. So the stock market soared uh, in 2021 because of all the government subsidies. But it's just been progressively going down, 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 back to where it was when she first took over. Its uh, dividend, it pays 1%. If you hold on to the stock, uh, you get 1% on your investment. So if you were to buy stock in General Motors you would lose money. You it does not keep up with the market, it doesn't keep up with inflation. Mary Barra is a failure by every yardstick. Mary Barra, the the CEO of General Motors is an abject failure. But she pays herself 30 million dollars a year because she picks her own board of directors and she picks the board of directors based on whether or not they will approve her 30 million dollar a year salary, even though she is a failure and she should resign. But tell me again how the government is inefficient. Here is what Donald Trump had to say. Uh, during his interview on Meet the Press, which will air on Sunday, this is what Donald Trump has to say about the UAW strike: "I can't, I can't pay attention. The fly from Mike Pence's 2020 debate paid a visit to Mar-a-Lago. So, you tell me what Trump said.
1: Uh, the auto workers uh, are not going to have any jobs when you come right down to it, because if you take a look."
0: OK, I, I don't know what he said. I was busy watching the fly attracted to the horse crap. Please continue, Donald Trump. I'll tell you what,
1: the auto workers are being sold down the river by their leadership and their leadership should endorse Trump.
0: Yeah. Blame the leadership. This is the old bait-and-switch trick that Republicans pull. They never blame the CEOs. They blame the leadership of the unions. It's the leaders of the unions who are screwing the rank-and-file. That's all Republicans say when it comes to unions and strikes. It's the old ploy. Yeah, we love unions. They're the backbone of the middle class. We hate their leadership, though. You're being screwed by your leaders, rank-and-file, because they're demanding better pay and health benefits, and that's going to destroy jobs. It's not your fault. We, we support unions. We just don't support better pay and health benefits. Your leaders are screwing you because they don't want you to be slaves. And if you're not willing to be slaves, well, you know, there's nothing we can do. They're going to close the plants here in America and ship them overseas because your, your leaders of the union aren't allowing you to be slaves. Continue, Donald Trump
1: you got to have choice, like in school. I want school choice. I also want choice for cars. If somebody wants gasoline, if somebody wants all electric, they can do whatever they want, but they're destroying the consumer and they're destroying the auto workers. The auto workers will not have any jobs, Kristen, because the, all of these cars are going to be made in China. The electric cars automatically are going to be made in China.
0: Automatically, the electric cars are going to be made in China. Automatically. There's nothing we as a government or I as a president can do to to stop American cars from getting made in China, said the man who boasts of the tariffs he placed on China. There's nothing. Electric cars automatically are going to be made in China. And as your future president, there's nothing I can do to prevent that. I'm powerless. And, uh, you know, if you switch off away from fossil fuels, there's nothing we can do. There's all the electric cars will be made in China, and then the auto workers will have no jobs. There's nothing we can do to stop that. We're we a powerless country. We can't do anything to protect consumers or workers or the auto companies. We're, we're just we're going to have to wave the white flag of defeat when it comes to electric cars. Here, China, take over our economy because, you know, why? Because he likes fossil fuel money. He wants consumers to have a choice. You know, that's the other thing that Republicans, it's all about choice, except when it comes to abortion. He wants consumers to have a choice between electric cars and cars that run on gas, because choice is good. I I choose a planet that's inhabitable. You choose one that's completely destroyed. It's a choice. You make a choice. I make a choice. This is the Republican Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, Mark Robinson. He's running for governor and he might win because he's a Republican and he's black. And who doesn't love a black Republican? I mean, other than black people. Here is Republican Mark Robinson talking common sense about electric cars this week at the Faith and Freedom
2: Gala. There's people running around here talking about electric cars and oil and all of this foolishness.
4: Don't realize something. They don't realize something.
0: God blessed us with that oil for a reason. Yeah, God blessed us with this oil for a reason. Well, late Friday evening, how can you argue with that? Late Friday evening, Special Counsel Jack Smith filed a motion with the Washington, D.C. judge overseeing Donald Trump's election interference trial, requesting a gag order to stop Trump from making statements that look like they're contaminating the jury pool. In a motion filed with Judge Tanya Chutkin, Special Counsel Jack Smith warned that Trump was spreading misinformation as well as intimidating potential witnesses. Trump, of course, called a gag order, a potential gag order, uh, an infringement on his First Amendment rights. I don't know. I mean, is Jack Smith overreacting? You tell me, is, is Trump trying to contaminate the jury pool when he refers to special ca- counsel Jack Smith like this?
1: Uh, these are Democrat fascists. Hmm. Or this? Horrible people, fascists, Marxists,
0: sick people. See, here's the problem. If this were any other defendant, he'd be put in jail. He'd be told to shut up. You do realize you're not allowed to trash the judge in your case, the prosecutor in your case when you're on trial. You do know that, Donald Trump, don't you? I know this. I don't even know that. Oh, okay. Well, the problem is... If Donald Trump refuses to obey a gag order, the judge issues a gag order, tells him to be quiet and he doesn't shut up. She has no choice but to jail Donald Trump before the trial even begins. That's what happens in normal circumstances. But then what happens? What happens if you jail Donald Trump? What happens? Here is MSNBC's Nicole Wallace freaking out on Friday at the prospect of Donald Trump going to jail before the trial even starts and what the ramifications will be.
4: Shit's about to hit the fan in this country.
0: Hmm. Well said. That's very optimistic. A lot of faith that MSNBC has in our criminal I know justice system. I right, don't even... Say that again, please.
4: Shit's about to hit the fan in this
0: country. She's scared because she's in a bubble. So all she sees is the alarmists talking because she works for MSNBC. And if you're in a bubble, you begin to believe that the shit is about to hit the fan. I got news for you. If you left your bubble, you would know it already hit the fan. It hit the fan... Ten years ago, Uh, I'm not so sure Trump supporters are as dangerous as Nicole Wallace over at MSNBC fears they might be. But I do know Fox News is starting to get a little freaked out as well. There was an anti-migrant rally in New York City on Friday. Congressman Jerry Nadler spoke. You couldn't hear him over the taunts. AOC showed up. She spoke. You could barely hear her over the the taunts and the the threats being made from the anti-migrants. Fox News has been ginning up rage towards migrants for at least 20 years. Here is a Fox News reporter talking to one of the anti-migrant protesters. And it's one of those moments where fox news realizes my god i'm dr frankenstein and the monster got loose this is up to us this is up to each and every one of us to stand up
2: Nobody's coming here for us. Right. We're here for ourselves. If we don't get up and fight for our city, nobody's coming for us. They're coming to destroy it. The reason why they're here is to steal our votes. Right. They're not, we're not gonna be able to live there stealing our votes, our kids' future, my birthright. Our United States is great city that I refuse to leave. Do you understand? Nobody's coming for us. These elected officials aren't even elected. They're using absentee ballots, they're being selected.
0: Okay, so far he's doing the Lord's work on Fox News, but then it starts getting ugly and Fox News freaks out.
4: What did you think that AOC, um, you know, when she came out and other members of Congress and they had this press conference, what did you think about their comments?
2: They will never be allowed to walk down the streets again. Yes. They have destroyed our city and New York, especially Queens. All right, is let's up. pull
4: away from this. You see the anger among some on the streets of New York City.
0: Yes, you see the anger of the people on the streets of New York City. We have no idea where that anger comes from. Nicole Wallace, shit's
4: about to hit the fan in this country.
0: Nah, the, the shit isn't about to hit the fan. It it hit the fan actually uh, ten years ago. It hit the fan. Look, January six was real. That's when it hit the fan, and the Black Lives Matter protests. Uh, it didn't really hit the fan. It was they were peaceful, except of course when the anti protesters showed up. And most importantly, when the police showed up, there is no need for the shit to hit the fan if we remain a nation that obeys the rule of law. If our police obey the rule of law. Now, if Donald Trump needs to be locked up before his trial, lock him up, lock him up. If he can't obey a gag order, lock him up. You'd be amazed by how many Americans would get in line, and you'd be amazed by how many Americans would be grateful to see him silenced, especially the cowardly Republicans who don't have the courage to silence him themselves. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak.